world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, we have passed the salt. Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the Salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Hey, good Friday morning, man. I've been chasing my tail a little bit, running uh, running behind here today. Had to, had to hurry to get caught up. Appreciate Myra praying us in. Doing, doing communion today, so take a brief minute, step away, whatever, and go get yourself some elements, get a, something to drink and a little something to, to uh, some type of meat, whether it be a cracker, a cookie, whatever. And then uh, Joe's going to lead us in communion here in a second. Uh, got, got some um, good feedback yesterday about um, spiritual realm. I'd like to talk a little bit about that again today. And I continue to be amazed <clears throat> as I uh, I just kind of ruminated on yesterday uh, of how I'm talking about me now. OK. I'm 70 years old and I've been in church uh, since my mom and dad drugged me before I could say no. You know what I'm talking about? They carried me in a little cradle. To church. I've been in church that long. And I've uh I've had periods of time like when I was when I left college or when I was in college I'd I'd go to mass every once in a while but not, but not really. I really didn't. When Michelle and I got married, I was 27 years old when Michelle and I got married, then all of a sudden I had this urge that uh, maybe we ought to God, if we're getting married here, maybe we ought to uh, maybe I'll just think about this spiritual thing. I never thought about those. I never thought about faith, religion, any of that stuff when I got married. I just, can we all be honest here? Early in your marriage, you're just kind of lust driven anyway, right? And I just love my wife and just want to be married to my wife. And the idea of of uh, living a life with her, didn't even didn't even know what that, I tell her every day how much I love her because I, I just fell into, I just fell into a wonderful basket when I missed, when I, when I met her. And, uh, uh, realized that I looked over my life and uh, I had no spiritual training. I had absolutely no spiritual training. And in 1988, I was, uh, how old have I been? 36 years old. I walked into World Harvest Church and for the first time, uh, not, I heard the gospel, although I'd heard it, I'd heard it before. I received Christ at, at the Billy Graham crusade when I was 10 years old. So I, I knew about the gospel, but I didn't know anything about the gospel. I, I walked into this charismatic church and, and, I was overwhelmed, received Christ. And then over the next 30 years of my life, 40 years, how long has it been? 38 today would be, what, 32 years? Over the next 32 years, I uh, I was in church. And uh, I hate to tell you, up until about six years ago, actually when I kind of started uh, past Assault Coach Dave Live here, uh, I, I was woefully, woefully, woefully biblically ignorant. Can somebody say amen out there? Anybody say I was? Amen. I, I'm Amen. You, Amen. I, didn't know, I didn't know nothing. I didn't know nothing. And I tried to act like a Christian, be a Christian. What, what power? I was a powerless Christian. I had no understanding. Didn't know anything about the spirit realm. Didn't know. Didn't know anything really. Didn't know anything other than Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. 
Don't fix this. it up the ass. Yeah, I knew you were going to do that. See, these guys try to, these guys who are, they are so worried that Jesus Christ is going to win that they have to come in here and take a poo-poo every day. You guys noticing that? You notice how they do that? And somehow they think that affects us because, see, they don't understand. We got on the full armor of God, put on the helmet of salvation, <laughs> righteousness, gird ourselves with truth, shot our faith, the preparation, gospel, peace, carry the shield of faith, over with might smite all the fiery darts of the wicked one, above all the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, right? But they don't get it. They don't get it. They don't bother me. They're just fools. And then anyway, it was only when I began to do Coach Dave Live. Now, I've been at it. I've been on a journey for a while. But really, when I got into Coach Dave Live, you don't understand this. Some of you out there think you can be me. I don't, I don't want that to sound wrong. Uh, think you can do this. What you're watching is a gift. This is a gift of God. Okay? It's a gift. And you can try all you want to. You can't work up this gift. It's, you either have the gift or you don't. God either gifts you or he doesn't. Amen. And so I get up every morning and whether it could be a burden, but it's not a burden. When I get up here every morning, you guys tune in here because you are looking to be coached, enhanced, whatever it might be. And so it's not, a, I don't feel it as a pressure, but I want you to know that, that I get up every morning. I don't take this. I don't take it lightly at all. So, oh, well, Hey honey, got another show. I don't know. I don't, man. I don't. And I spent about an hour and 20 minutes this morning before we even got going here today, making sure the Lord, that what you want me to bring today is, is of you. And I don't claim to have some pipeline to the Holy Spirit or anything like that, because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. And if you're born again of the spirit of God, it dwells in you. But no, nobody's ever told you how to exercise. Our, other than charismania, anybody out there besides me grow up in charismania, people running around waving flags and dancing. Doing, I'm not against any of that stuff. What does that have to do with anything? We're, we're fighting a freaking war against evil. And what? We're dancing with flags in our churches and going to church and raising our hands, praise and worship as if that's, as if that's winning the battle. And that's where... There's a part of me, I, I hate to say this, there's a part of me that's very angry, angry at the Christian leadership that I had early in my life. Can anybody say amen other than me? I'm amen, angry. Coach. I trusted them amen. to teach me, and they didn't teach me. They didn't teach me. And that, that's why I, I look all around, and I, I often wonder, I often wonder, had I been more properly trained, would I have been a better daddy? Could I have been a better dad if I'd been properly trained? Who trained me? Who trained me? Nobody trained me. It's like uh, I ask a pastor, why don't you, why don't you guys, uh, why don't you uh, stand up more publicly and talk about who to vote for and all that kind of stuff? He says, uh, well, uh, Brother Dave, I teach him the Bible. The Bible teaches him how to vote. I thought, you piece of crap. You piece of crap. You teach him the Bible, and the Bible tells him how to vote. Big coward. So, I. Here on Friday morning, the at uh, what show number is this? Uh, 1,939. I want you to know as humbly as I can say to you, uh, thanks, thanks for trusting me. I'm not always right, uh, although I act like it. And more than anything, I want at the, end of this, at the end of the show for you to have developed some spiritual growth in your own life, that you make the truth of God real in your life. If, if, if that doesn't happen, this is just a TV show. Just another, just another TV show. And I uh, hope that doesn't happen. Before I get going any deeper, Joe's going to lead us in, in communion today. Uh, let, hang on a minute. Let me make, uh, Joe's getting ready to lead us. Get, 
get yourself some communion. Um, um, pull up the calendar real quick, Spencer, and then Joe will do the communion. Okay, so Everybody grab a wafer and whatever. A couple new things up on the calendar today, and I want make, to make you aware of them. <clears throat> Excuse me. Don't, hey, don't, don't worship me. Uh, don't idolize me. Uh, Reunite America Conference is up in, in August 11th in Detroit, Michigan. For those of you up in the Michigan area, by the way, amazing. Just found this out yesterday. Jim Caviezel and Tim Ballard are going to be there. If you can see right at the top, there's a picture of Tim Ballard. This just happened yesterday. Reunite America, opening the floodgates August 11th and 12th, someplace at Floodgate Church in Michigan. I'll be there. I'm listed over his name. Now, I don't know if Caviezel's, I don't know if Caviezel's going to be there in person. I don't know if he's just going to pipe in. But uh, just want to make you, make you aware of that. And then another one, pull back there if you could for me, uh, Spencer. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, of course, we got the, uh, the Go Therefore conference this week, and then the Michigan Huddle. September, we've got a couple of new things up there. Dave, uh, Dave Allison's heading up a Michigan huddle event on uh, the 1st of September. Is that right, Dave? I think it is 1st of September. So, again, if you guys, uh, some of you, it may require, we're, we're trying to do these things a little bit more regionally, so it's easier for you to get there to them. There's one up in Michigan, so uh, just keep just keep close there at our, uh, at our calendar. Joe, go ahead, brother. Come on in and help us out. Appreciate you getting up so early in the morning, Joe, to do this. It's a privilege, Coach. I know it is. Okay, let's start with a, a few verses. Give us a little a new, different way to think about some things. Your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Mm. Purge out, therefore, the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Let us, therefore, keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice nor wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Ooh, boy, I could dig into there, Joe. Yeah. There's so many little ways that we're reminded how uh, dramatic the change is when you become a Christian. Was to me, buddy. It sure was to me. And, uh, yeah. And we are new creatures, as Paul said or wrote. So now I'll save it a short prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for this day that you have made. Let us find in our hearts some joy that to be glad that we are in it with you, that our hearts are beating and that our lungs are breathing, and even that we have this miracle of modern technology that lets us come together in this amazingly unique congregation that we have here. And we're so grateful for this opportunity, Lord. 
And but we are even more grateful, Lord, for what you've done for us, for what you sacrificed for us, for the new creatures that you have made us to be and that you're helping us to grow and become and do and be who you want us to be and do what you want us to do and serve you in our own ways as we believe we should. And so let us go forward in this day and let us remind some people that we may encounter that you are there and let them remember to let you into their lives, especially in these challenging times we find ourselves in. And we thank you for this bread and this drink representing the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ that was broken and, and sacrificed for us, that we who believe in him may have eternal life. And forgive us our sins and, and transgressions as we examine ourselves and bring us cleansing to your side in this communion. We ask in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hey, Spencer, as Joe's, as Joe's getting uh, continuing here, I just sent you a new link. Get that ready for me, would you please? Go ahead, Joe. Okay. For I have received of the Lord that which I also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he break it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After the same manner, also took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as oft as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Have a great week, everybody. Weekend, everybody. Thank Amen. you, Joe. Amen. Amen. Hey, Monday, real quickly, I'm thinking of it. Monday, don't miss Monday. We've got uh, some of Russ Dizdar's crew going to join us and talk about satanic ritual abuse, child trafficking. They're actively involved in fighting against it. So that's going to be Monday, Monday morning's show. And, uh, boy, I had another thing at the top of my head, and it just flew off the top of my head. Oh, okay. Well, another thing, if you could, uh, Spencer, I don't know how you do this. The uh, the address for Terry Allen, Mountain Man's, if you want to send a donation to him, maybe you can copy that, Spencer. Put it up on the screen for a second, then maybe copy it and put it in the chat. That anybody that would like to help uh, Terry Allen, Mountain Man, his his wife, financially, we're gonna put that put that link in the chat. And uh, I don't really know what their needs are, but I'm sure he's the breadwinner. He's in in jail. And uh, those of you who would like to give help, Ken. Can you get it up there, Spence? I, don't, I mean, I'm, 
not trying to put pressure. There you are. All right, folks. Hey, take a screenshot of it. If you want to get your camera out, take a screenshot. And just what whatever. If you could send some some uh, their way, it would it'd be greatly appreciated. Hey, friends, look. A lot of financial needs out there. I, I get every day, I get my chain pulled. Can you help here? Can you help here? Can you help it? And one of the problems that we have, and I say it a lot, is we keep I keep coming back to the same bucket. You guys are the bucket. I'm sorry that just happens to be the way that it is. But I said the other day, and I really believe it, that we, you could expand the bucket if you would go and say, hey, listen, go to some of your friends and say, hey, listen, I've pledged uh, I've pledged $100, whatever it would be. I pledged $100 to help this guy out. Would you give me 10? Would you give $10 towards that cause? You could expand the bucket that way. So I, I want all of you to, to, to think about doing that, all right? Cool. Um, uh, I think it's been up there long enough now that you all can see it. If not, we'll put it in the chat that you can grab it there. Uh, I was, uh, Spencer, pull up the, the latest one I just sent you because I want to play this because here's what, here's the truth of what I guess I was, what my heart was saying to you this morning as we got started. <clears throat> the gospel, the kingdom of God. First of all, salvation, the gospel. They're not the same, friends. The gospel of salvation saved me from hell. It saved me from hell. And I walk in the liberty knowing that when I die, I'm going to be with Christ, wherever that happened would be. That's the gospel of salvation. But there's also the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom is the idea that God rules and reigns in every area right now. We don't teach that very much in our churches. We don't understand that. We teach a separate kingdom. We we teach. See, the many of you are having trouble out there right now in your family because you have changed and they haven't. Will somebody say amen? There's great strife. Mm -hmm. In fact, Jesus Jesus said the enemies, your enemies are going to be those of your own household. Now, by enemies, that means they don't get it. They don't. Where's the old you? Well, you, you used to be so fun and playful. Now all you want to do is talk about Jesus. Blah, 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 blah. Some of you Amen. live in that, right? What happened to you? Amen. Are you crazy, Betty? Do we need to get you into some counseling, Betty? Huh? Can we go see a psychiatrist? Betty, do we, can we get you some medication? Why? Because the gospel of the kingdom of God is transformative. You've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Now, listen, you could have been born again, the gospel of being born again, and not understand the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom is what? Go ye into all the world and teach them to observe all I've commanded you. And when you do that, they hate it. They hate it. I loved you better, mom, five years ago before you got Start watching that coach. Right? Amen. Amen. And so what do they want to do? Chad Estes said it the other day, man. It's like crabs in a bucket. You, you got your claws up. You got up your claws up on top of the bucket. And for the first time in your life, you're finding some liberty and some freedom and some purpose in your life. And the other crabs are pulling you back down. Pulling you back down in the bucket. You say, I don't want to go back there. I've been there. In fact, I could be there right now today. I could be a drunk, a womanizer, a thief. I could do that right now today. It's easy to do that. It's hard to do what you're doing. And I want to encourage you today because if people aren't asking you, what the heck happened to you? 
And have you really changed? My beautiful wife, every time we go someplace, she changes clothes. She doesn't wear the same clothes all the time. But every time we go out, she looks beautiful. But she changed clothes. She doesn't wear what she wore in high school. She doesn't wear what she wore when she's pregnant. She changed. She ain't going to go back and do that. And so if you are part of the kingdom of God and you haven't changed, if people aren't asking what happened to you, you better look at yourself. I've said this before as a light set swats with a little light socket right over here. I go stick my finger in that thing. I'm going to be changed. <laughs> my hair's going to stand straight up and smoke's going to come out my ears. And everybody's going to notice it. And I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. And if you are a Christian, if you are a real Christian, then your life change should be noticeable. Go ahead and play this. This is Stephen Curtis Chapman. What about the change? Because no matter what they say, if they don't recognize a change in you, have you really changed? Go ahead. Those. 
They're going to be those who want you to be the old Betty. They want you, they want you. Come on, can't Betty, can't you just go to church and then shut up about Jesus the rest of the time? Somebody, are you guys hearing that out there? Are you hearing that from family members? The Bible says they're enemies. They're going to be your enemies. Those of your own household, those who know you the best, they just want you to be the old you. Amen. I can't be that anymore. You know why I can't be that anymore? That old dude, that, I buried that dude. <laughs> that guy's dead, man. He's dead. So I got born again, transformed from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, and then taught in my evangelifish church. The guy died to give me all these blessings. You Are you with me? But that's what it was. And I went through about 20 years of Christianity. So I got, I, got, I got born again in 1988. I got sued by the American Civil Liberties Union in 1997. 11 years, nine years maybe it is, nine years as a Christian. I had no idea, no idea what was going on in this battle between good and evil. No understanding. I, are, you, are you looking at me? I went to church every Wednesday night. I went twice on Sundays. I went and did exactly what the, uh, the six-foot icicle told me, well, he wasn't a six-foot icicle because he's full of energy and really, really good, and he really ministered by my heart, but he never he never went here. He never went here, ever, ever. Oh, I could quote, you wrestle not against flesh and blood. I could quote it, but I didn't know what that meant. Principalities and powers, evil spirits, and I, I could quote it. I didn't have any idea what the hell it meant. And that's what I think. I come in here every day. I grow every day from you guys. I grow from you guys, from the give and take, not the arguing, not the, not the I'm right, you're wrong. No, 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 no. Because I'm going to tell you something. If you think, if I think I got it all right, I'm the biggest fool there ever was. I got a bunch of stuff I could show you again today, right? I got a bunch of stuff. So uh, I got... I said, okay, I'm going to let Jock come in and Joe in real quick. And then nobody else raise their hand till I say so. Go ahead, Jock. Hey, good morning, you guys. I want to say, Coach, that you're right. We are winning. A couple of weeks ago, I mentioned on the show about my prominent cousin who was brought up devout Catholic. And uh, you guys prayed for him. Mm. I don't know, Coach, if you remember this, but you prayed for me that – that somehow God would reach into him. And he called me last night out of the blue. He just called me. And I could hear the trembling and the desperation out of his voice. And so we had a great conversation. And not only that, he's coming to our training event in August when Chad comes up to Wisconsin to Neil and Mary's farm. And he's stoked. He is just on fire. And so um, I just want to, first of all, I thank the Holy Spirit because, God, you're the one that steeped into his heart somehow. But I want to thank you, Coach, and everybody in the queue for those of you who prayed for him because that's what we're supposed to do. And we're winning, Coach. You're right. We're winning. We're winning. So I just want to say that. Great news, Jock. Great, great news. By the way, you just caught, caught my attention. Oh, I got it. Coming up to Wisconsin. When, Jock? Um, that's 
August 26th at okay. Neil and Mary's Farm. All right. Saturday. All right. Got you, man. Got to make sure I got that on my calendar. That's why I said that. Michelle, write that down. Check that out for me. Joanne. <laughs> yeah, I just want to say the reason you don't hear about the devil and his dominions and anything else in church is because our pastors are scared. Mm-hmm. They don't want to have to fight him. So they well, don't mention him. They don't know how. I, th- I think that's really part of it, right? They don't know how. Yeah, I agree understand. with you. Yeah, they don't know how, know how it manifests. Can I, can I tell you? The last thing I ever thought in my life, I was going to be the center fielder for the New York Yankees. That's from the time I could walk. That's what I was going to do. And when I couldn't do that. I, I just, you know, I went to Otterbein College and I played three sports there and I was pretty, pretty daggone good at, in baseball. And I thought I was going to be, I thought I was going to make it in the big leagues. And I didn't make it in the big leagues. So I thought, oh, well, I guess I'll coach. I didn't really take college very seriously because I was going to play major league baseball. And so my next thing to do is as a, as a helmet head, so I started coaching. And then through my 20-some years of coaching, 25 years of coaching, and, you know, midway through it, I received Christ, and my whole life changed, and I couldn't do it, couldn't do the job. Well, I was, I was preaching Christ as I coached, and the devil didn't want that, and so the devil boots me out, tries to boot me out of football coaching. And the, the gift that I had was coaching, not necessarily football or basketball or baseball, it's coaching. All, all coaching is getting people to do what they don't want to do, really getting them to do it the right way, encouraging them to come on, you can do it, get in there, teach them the proper technique. And so I just kind of gravitated to this, gravitated, you know, and you say, coach, well, you are arrogant. You're, you're out. Wow. You're just so, well, wow, I don't care. You ever seen, you ever seen a passive coach be successful? Anybody ever seen one? And so here it is. We play the game this way. And if you want to play on the team, here's how we play it. You don't want to play it this way? Well, go play, go find another coach. It's okay. No no hard feelings. But if you're going to play on my team, you're going to do what I tell you to do. You're going to run my place with me. So so that's that's what we deal with here. I'm not always right, but somebody's got to call the play. That responsibility falls on me. So, so coach, what, what, are you, what are you trying to do? I'm trying to help you understand, number one, the devil has a strategy. Have you been taught this in church? The devil has a strategy. And what is our job? Oh, I know. Our job is to hide and not let any of his weapons hit us. Hmm. Really? Or are we to oppose the enemy? And for the most part, there is no opposition to the enemy in the American church. None. Because why? We're ignorant of his devices. Bible said, don't be ignorant of his devices. We are. We don't, we don't get what he does. And so I got several emails from people said yesterday, Coach G, we need more of that. Hey, I never heard any of that, Coach. Me either. I'm 70 years old, been in church my whole life. Never. I got some more I could give you today, but I don't want to wear you out. But I'm going to show you this. Uh, point number two, New Age Movement. You guys heard of the New Age Movement? Well, do you really know what that is? Do you really know where that, that came from? Do we know what the New Age Movement is? That's not the one I wanted, is it? Number two? No, number uh, number. Two should be. That's it. Okay. Alice Bailey. She was a witch. Basically, it was a witch. And she came up with a 10-point plan to destroy Christianity. Do you guys, do you understand this? Do we have a 10-point plan to advance Christianity? Stop a minute and think about that. The devil's team has all kinds of plans. All kinds of plans. You, the, the average pastor, 
What kind of plan do you think they have to expand the kingdom of God outside their fiefdom? Do you think they have one? And everywhere we look, we read the Communist Manifesto. We know what that said. We read the Homosexual Manifesto. We know what it said. It's plans to how to take how to take control, take down Jesus, how to take control. Do we have a plan? What's our plan? What's our plan? Your pastor have a plan? Your pastor, did it ever enter in your mind? Did it ever enter into your local pastor's mind to say, you know what? We ought to take over the schools. If we're the salt of the earth and light of the world, we ought to be in those schools. Let's get all of our pastors together here in town, and let's formulate a plan where we're going to re-Christianize our schools. Oh, no, 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 no. We don't mix religion and politics. We don't get involved. We don't mix the secular and the sacred. That's how we end up in this, this because why? The other team had a plan. So here is Alice Bailey's 10-point plan to destroy Christianity. Hey, friends, the devil knows it's a life or death struggle. He knows that. We don't. Stop a minute. Don't raise your hands. How many of you are praying daily for lost children? Well, how did your children get lost? Where did they learn the rudiments of this world? Hmm? Where did they learn those? And is it possible to send your child off to an education that doesn't include morality, Christianity? Is Is it possible? Is that even possible? Yet we don't have, we, rare is the pastor who stands in the pulpit and says to the people in the pew, if your child is in public education, it's a sin. It's a sin. And then the people, they won't see it because the people are going to respond and say, well, pastor, we can't afford it. Well, what the, why is that? We can't afford it because we've taken all righteousness out of government. The Luciferians in charge of the, of the government. Luciferians demand tax dollars. They demand both a husband and the wife work so they have access to your children. And you're serving the Lord with all of your heart and your kids are lost. And the pastor said, well, don't religion and politics don't mix. We can't get involved with that, coach. We're, we're not going to mix the secular and the sacred. We'll just let your kid go to school and be indoctrinated and transgender. We'll just let them do that, coach. It's, folks, it's, it's nuts on its, fa- uh, on its face, isn't it? Especially when you look at how powerful one man and God is. Can you imagine a city of 50 pastors and men? Scroll down here a minute. The New Age movement, this is really good. I'll put it in the chat. You can follow later. Scroll on down, Spencer. 10 steps. Here's our 10 steps. You ready? Main purpose of the 10-point strategy is to either destroy Christianity or convert the nation to New Age philosophies. Alice Bailey, early 1900s. The Alice Bailey 10-point plan is part of a large strategy to eventually introduce a new world order system. Folks, the devil has a plan. The devil has a plan. What's our plan? Oh, go to heaven. That's our plan. We're just passing through. We're not salt. We're not light. We're not supposed to do any of that. Number one, take God and prayer out of the education system. This is almost like the Communist Manifesto. Number two, reduce parental authority over the children. Number three, destroy the Judeo-Christian family structure. Wow. Or the traditional Christian family structure. Somebody can say amen. You don't have to. 
Number four, if sex is free, they make abortion legal and make it easy. This is Alice Bailey, a secularist, a new, a, a new ager. Number five, make, div- <laughs> make divorce easy and legal. Free people from the concept of marriage for life. Number six, make homosexuality an alternative lifestyle. Time out a minute. They have a plan. Have they been executing it? Debase art. Make it run mad. Modern art has no meaning to any of it, right? Look at Norman Rockwell painting compared to what we have in art today. Use media to promote and change mindsets. Create an interfaith movement. <laughs> Chrislam, right? And get governments to make all these law and get the church to endorse these changes. How they doing? How you think they're doing? This 10-point plan was formulated in the early 20th century, and many decades later, many decades before such a strategy was even conceivable within the culture and society of time. So where is the 10-point plan to win back our government and our schools for Christ? Do we have one? Oh, yeah, we do. It's rapture. Because Coach Dave, it's all just going to get worse. Bible tells us that. Man, oh, man. Spencer, pull up New Age Movement, number one. What is a New Age Movement? Scroll on down there a little bit. Uh, the New Age is a combination of many different belief systems which are meant to provide a supposed new way of thinking, a new way of living. New Age Movement encompasses a wide range of belief systems. Astrology, horoscopes, Buddhism, Hinduism, Taoism. Law of Attraction, Mysticism, Pantheism, Reincarnation, Spirit Guides, Theosophy. All of these New Age beliefs and practices are demonic and spiritually dangerous. A few examples of modern literature which promote New Age thinking is the book, The Secret and Various Lifestyles by authors such as Deepak Chopra. Hmm? So the common factor concerning New Age movement beliefs is that each belief system, which is categorized to be New Age, appeals to the following. All the New Age religions do this. They appeal to the human desire for hidden knowledge, self-improvement, worldly success, and achieving self-perfection. Time out. Is that being taught in the church? Is that being taught in the church? I think it is. Yeah. Self-improvement, worldly success. Self- yeah, that's yeah, that's my Baptist church. Number two, the desire to achieve human potential even beyond one's physical and natural abilities, to the extent of desiring to perform supernatural abilities, for example, astral projection or psychic abilities. Number C, the desire to bypass the mind or bypass one's natural physical limitations in order to achieve a spirit God-like status. AI. Hmm? And number four, the illusion that anyone who practices a combination of these new age belief systems can achieve Christ consciousness or become a little God or just like God. I'm not going to, you can read, put it in the chat. You got to do some of your own homework here. All right. So what was the purpose of all of it? To destroy Christianity, to make Christianity palpable. No, no. To make the demonic, Palpable, palatable, 
to make it easy for you to swallow. Why? Because we all know this. We love it when they appeal to our flesh. And the Bible tells us that God's going to give us all things, do all things, yada, yada, yada. So get ready. One more thing. You can start putting your hands up now. I'm going to go to one more thing. Pull up a charismatic. Charismatic. What is the number? Number four, three? Number three. Charismatic Christians. Charismatic. First of all, let me stop that. What the heck would that be? So what's a normal Christian and a charismatic? What? What? I hate to tell you this. Charismatic Christians are followers of Jesus Christ who per, whose personal experience of God shows itself in supernatural ways, enabling them to do things that are not normally able to do. So in other words, only charismatic Christianity. Jesus can only work through charismatic Christianity. Well, here's the truth. The church won't teach about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So you know, people say, well, we're charismatic. We're char- what does that mean? Oh, we're Holy Spirit-led. We're Spirit-filled. What? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Is there any other kind of... Christianity, other than being spirit-led, is there any other one? Is there any other one other than being filled with the spirit? Is there? Is there some? Am I missing something here? But charismatic, That's a boom. charismatic Christians, we charismatic Christians, that's me. We think we're better than everybody else. We have all these gifts, right? It can be a variety of means such as speaking in other tongues, successfully praying for ill people to be healed, having messages from God for an individual. Uh, or or about a situation, prophecy. The word charismatic is derived from the Greek word charisma, which means spiritual gift. These spiritual gifts which charismatic Christians are demonstrating are examples of God working through his followers. The source of what takes place is not the believer, but God himself acting through the Holy Spirit. How can any church not be charismatic? How can any church not be charismatic? And why would any church Describe themselves as being charismatic. Isn't it just, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. My sons and daughters shall prophesy. My young men shall dream dreams. And my young, old men shall see visions. That's what the Holy Spirit brings. How can you be a Christian denomination and not believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit? I don't, it, it baffles me. It baffles me. <clears throat> I don't care if you speak in tongues. I don't, I couldn't care less. I think I have gifts available. I don't think it has anything to do with salvation. I think he can speak in tongues. I think he can hear from God. I hear from God a lot. I think it's not a special gift. Gifts there for you too. It's for anybody. Anybody's received the Spirit of God. Anybody's been indwelled with the Holy Spirit of God. Well, you hear him. My sheep hear my voice. Not the voice they won't hear. What what are we teaching in our churches? What are we teaching? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Are you free in your truth? Are you free to speak your mind in your church? Why not? Why not? Why can't you stand up in the middle of your pastor's sermon and say, Pastor, pardon me a second, Pastor. What about this? You'll be in his office after after the sermon's over. You'll be in his office. He's going to ask you, don't interrupt again. Right? So we we have to realize it's about control. It's about, it's about control. It's about trying to control the Holy Spirit of God. And then we go to see some of the charismatics that flop all over the room and then as if, you know, that, that's liver. That's free. I'm free now. I'm flopping all over the room. And they won't go to a school board meeting and stand up and speak. They won't do anything. Oh, man, this is so good. I wish I'd have known this 40 years ago.
I can't believe. Personally, I'm talking now. Some of the men that I know who are pastors who do not believe in the spiritual gifts. I, I just, it, good men, good men. How are we, we going to win if we don't know what the weapons of our warfare are? How are we going to win? And those are, see, they, they, we charismatics have made, we've done it to ourselves. We've made it about waving flags and flopping all over the floor and being healed and being slain in the spirit. All that gobbledygook. Gobbledygook. God, help us, Lord. Come on in, Jeff. I just got a meme on my phone as you're talking about this stuff. This is crazy. And before I say the meme, I'm going to say this. I pray for Pastor Bill and I pray for Pastor Matt and a few of the pastors. Other past, you know, Pastor Neil, different ones that we know. Ain't none of them got it all right, though, Jeff. Ain't none right. of them got it all right. Right. So here's the meme that come up. And it was from love, some love of Jesus gospel. Some woman said, pray. It says, smoke the the pastors are overwhelmed with life. Pray for them. So I text, I sent a message back. I never messaged back on a meme. I messaged back and I said, overwhelmed with what? Can you imagine how they're going to react to that? Whoever put that up there. But it's overwhelmed with life. There's their problem, coach. They're just overwhelmed. Okay, Jeff. So let me say this. I'm not a pastor, but we would all say this. that I'm a coach. And I'm coaching a lot of people. And I can tell you this. Coaching sheep can wear you out. Right? But coaching sheep's going to wear you out if you don't teach them to get off of the teat. If they're going to come and suck off me, this relationship ain't going to work out very good. Hmm? Yep. A lot of people are overwhelmed. Feed yourself, dude. Feed yourself. Amen. Boom. That's, why, that's the way it's supposed to work. I'm not supposed to keep, you're not supposed to be dependent on Coach Dave. What about that? I got enough trouble taking care of me and my wife. I can't carry you around too. But see, that's what Christianity has taught us, hasn't it? Christianity has taught us to be dependent on that shepherd. That's all ruse. Sorry. In my opinion. I love pastors. Some of them. Some of them are just doing it for a job. Some of them ain't got any idea what the hell's going on in the world. And they're standing up in front of a flock, letting the blind lead the blind. That's why Christianity's in the mess it's in. The devil's got a plan. Uh, does anybody, I'm just curious right now, can anybody name the 10-point plan your church has in the next year? Anybody, anybody got a 10-point plan? Could anybody tell me a one-point plan that your church has? Oh, yeah, yeah. Recruit more people into the tent. Let's go get more people to come in here with us. That that ain't much of a plan, right? Bible says where there is no vision, the people perish. And the word perish in that scripture doesn't mean die. It means to run around without any direction. Look at the American church. Look at the impact of the American church in the political realm. 
Look at the impact of the American church in the educational realm, just in, the, just in those two things. Look at it. And how many of us are there? Are there more of us than Antifa? Are there more Christians in America than Antifa? What the heck is going on? Are there more of us than there are transgenders? What is going on? Other than it's a deep, deep, deep spiritual issue. And for the most part, we are untrained in spiritual issues. We don't have any idea how to fight the battle. Amen. RJ, go ahead. Hey, good, good topic, Coach. Let me ask turn my phone off here. So there's I know you've given this a lot of thought. You know, what kind of plays what kind of plays can we run? And one of the vital again points for us is connecting with other other ministries, maybe their parachurch within our community, and getting focused where we're supporting one another, not trying to do everything. But picking, you know, the vital things that, that I can connect with another who's in another church. RJ, and you know, I the used other to thing do... I want to mention is that, it's, yeah. Go ahead. Well, go go ahead. I've got one well, other. See, we got a delay. Do I don't know why we have a have a delay. So I'm I'm, I'm not trying to walk on you. Uh, anybody who coached football for me yeah. knows this. Anybody who coached football for me knows this. That every day before we went out to practice, I handed them a schedule of what we're going to do in 10-minute segments. We're going to do this and this and this and this and this. And when the practice is over, we would evaluate what we just went through. We say, you know what? We didn't get it done here on this this second thing. Uh, We're going to cover that again tomorrow. And then we would schedule it out. So that it wasn't just haphazard, come to practice, and everybody throw balls and run around. No, 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 no. We had a plan because we were heading to a contest. And we're in the midst of a contest and no plan. No plan. And the man with a plan yeah, be is always a- advantage of the man without a plan. Go ahead, RJ. Thank you, sir. One, one other thought on the... You said that, you know, is there anything about tongues that's vital for salvation? I'm going to say that, yeah, that's why the gifts are given. And in particular, if you don't have the, if you're not using, utilizing the gift of personal edification, it's a private purpose. The other three are for public expression. But I, how many, how many do we know who have fallen to various strongholds because they didn't understand the Holy Spirit would set them free from false doctrines? I mean, that's the number one thing that you'll see happen for somebody that prays consistently in the Spirit is false doctrines start to fall away. And they're more open to the truth. No, RJ, I'm sorry, tongues ceased. Pastor Twinkletoes told me that. We we don't believe in that. (laughs) Pastor Twinkletoes can believe that. Why do you believe him? Why do you believe him? Oh, because I trust him. Okay. Thanks, RJ. Keith. Keith and Julie and Myra. Myra. Yes, sir. One thing I noticed that 10, 10 point plan, Alice Bailey, she had a lot of contemporaries going along, right, right along with her. She sure uh, did. Alistair Bay, Alistair uh, Crowley, and yeah, they infiltrated. Uh, Carl Brown. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sigmund Freud, all of them. They were all, all going at it. 
Hey, hey, Spencer, real quickly, see how smart you are, Spencer. Just uh, type in for me real quick. Google it. How many churches there are in America? Come on in, Julie. Yeah, good morning. Hang on. Hang on. 380,000. Go ahead, Julie. The most, we have to educate the churches because more often than not, churches don't want to do anything outside the four walls of their churches. Why is that? Because, why is that, Julie? Why is that? Because they're just blind. As Jeff Nell would say, they're not trained in righteousness. They don't. They Amen. don't want to. Go, they don't want to go out and engage because they're not equipped to win the fight. They've never been taught that there's a war out there. Every day when they come to church, the pastor, for the most part, teaches them how to have a better life. He never asks them to engage and defend the Lord ever, 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 ever. ever. We don't know how to do it. Why we're in the mess we're in, Myra. Amen. Yes, Coach. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading us in all truth. Spencer, I will be reading from Isaiah 9, 5. Thank you, Spencer. It is written, For every battle of the warrior is with confused noise, and garments roll in blood. But this shall be with burning and fuel of fire. Hallelujah. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. Every battle of a warrior is with confused. Boy, there's some confused noise in there, folks. Huh? Is there some confused noise in the church or what? Three quarters of them are over hiding, hiding away from the world, waiting to be raptured out of here. The other five, the other, they're all hunkered down in their own little tents, afraid to listen to anybody, any other Christian. Pastor Billy Bob, I'd be afraid to attack Pastor Timmy Toes, steals you from his congregation. And if he steals you from his congregation and he can teach you to tithe, oh, they're up and running now, baby. They're up and running now. I'm sorry I'm so cynical. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Jack. Yeah, the, the, the old saw about, well, we have to educate them. The problem is you don't educate them if you can't draw a crowd. If you don't do something to draw a crowd, you're not going to educate anybody but the one standing next to you, maybe if they'll listen to you for more than 30 seconds. So you got to do something to demonstrate that they, people ought to pay attention. Or maybe you just make them mad enough that they're going to be there to try to stop you. But you got to get a, you got to do something to cause the problem. Amen. And if the Christians don't fix unrighteousness, who will? Tracy. Tracy, I can see you, Trace, but I can't, there you go, I can't, I know, I don't know what's wrong, but anyway, sorry about that, um, the other night, I was, um, asked to give the invocation at our Republican club meeting, that was a blessing in itself, I never thought I would be the one doing something like that, but it's what happened afterward that touched me the most, is that nobody had ever heard the passion coming from prayer that I I gave that night. Uh, it's, you know, usually it's, uh, oh, thank you for us all gathering here. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And uh, the people that came up afterward and was like, wow, that was so passionate. 
that was so unreal. They don't hear that stuff talking about the armor of God and the battle against principalities that we're here to fight against evil and stuff. They don't hear that, coach. Nope, that the was church- more touching to me is what they said afterward than, than being asked to do it in the first place. The only only demilitarized zone in the world is the church. Huh? Ain't no fighting going on in the church. Not allowed to there. Not allowed to fight. Proud of you, Tracy. What about the change? Huh? What about the change? <laughs> huh? People say, crazy. Tracy, she's crazy now. She got religion. She's a religion. Yeah? Praise the Lord. Amen. Clay. Yeah, you, you're right. Exactly right about the church is not having a plan. And uh, the all the money. Well, they have a building plan. Don't get me wrong. They have a building plan. They got well, that's plan. what. I, yeah, and that's where I was going. All the money that goes into the expenses of a church and a new parking lot. Uh, if if imagine all these country churches that I drive past in East Tennessee. Imagine if every one of them had a community garden, mm-hmm. and 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 everybody came to the church and had a community garden and chipped in. They could feed the whole congregation with vegetables and they could can them vegetables and give them away to the poor and everything. And if we did that all across the nation, we wouldn't have a food problem anymore when times got tough. And they won't even do stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. They don't have a plan, Clay. They have no plan, man. They have no plan. Oh, yeah, they do. Vote for Trump. Vote for Trump. Jeff Nell. I hear the words from these pastors. Oh, we don't do that here, Jeff. We don't want to cause division. Yeah. There's already division, dude. <laughs> There's already division, right? Oh, my goodness. RJ. Get my hand down, Coach. Okay. Go ahead, Betty. Yep. I have to agree. And my pastor said, because I asked him, why aren't you speaking about hate? Love is good, but hate is good, too. And he said, do you know what it feels like when two people walk out? I says, no, but how about 200 when you close the churches? <laughs> he turned around and walked away. Boom. Oh, boom, Betty. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What a, what a line that is. What a thought that was, right? They closed the churches. Wow. I'm at a loss for words because I do say the same thing over and 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 over. The Bible tells us, tells you, come out from among them and be ye separate and touch not the unclean thing. And I salute all of you who are trying. I salute all of you who are surrounded by wolves, family members, friends, People you go to church with. What about the change? What about the change? They can be changed. I've been I've been transformed. I I'm consumed with advancement, the kingdom of God. I'm consumed with it. I don't know what. I guess the Reds lost six games in a row and then won two games. I could I couldn't freaking care. I couldn't care less. Ohio State Buckeyes, I guess they're having a real strong recruiting class. I, could, I couldn't care less. I would have been consumed with all that stuff 30 years ago. Couldn't care less. Change is a good thing. Embrace it. 
What about the change? See you Monday.